Hi, and welcome back to 39 Questions, the podcast that examines anonymous people from around the globe through a thought-provoking, weird, and introspective questionnaire to help us all better understand the human condition. Today, we find ourselves in a very cool city, the city of fairy tales, Copenhagen, Denmark, to interview a 28-year-old male physicist. So relax, sit back, and get ready to explore the human condition from his perspective through these 39 questions. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Thanks for joining me. I'm great. I'm excited for, for this fantastic morning. <laughs> I'm glad as well. I'm glad as well. So um, just remember that this is completely anonymous. No one knows who, are, who you are besides your age, your gender, occupation, nationality. So there's no fear for judgment or reprisal. The goal here is to uh, help you examine yourself, come to a greater understanding of who you are as a person, and uh, everyone who's listening today will do the exact same. So please answer openly, honestly, and thoughtfully. And afterwards, we'll probe deeper into uh, some of your answers. Is that good with you? Marvelous. I'm excited to learn more about myself, for sure. Great, great. All right. So let's dive into 39 questions. Number one, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, an astronaut. If you could change one physical thing about yourself, what would it be? My brain. <laughs> what is your greatest regret in life? When I'm a bad human being towards other people. It's uh, I, I did something terrible when I was a kid towards a teacher uh, and I wrote a uh, I wrote a letter to the teacher apologizing for it afterwards. So I kind of solved that regret, but I still regret it deeply, even though I was maybe eight years old or something like that. Would you mind sharing what you did that was so bad? I um, So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it sounds simple, but the, the teacher, um, you know, when you're kids and you're, you get excited, it's difficult to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And the teacher threw, uh, um, uh, Small it was not it was an accident kind of. Uh, she threw uh, uh, something, some something uh, very soft in, in the classroom, and then and then uh, the kids said, "Oh, it did it hit you? Did it hit you?" Um, and then then I said, "Yes, yes, it hit me." <laughs> and uh, and uh, afterwards, the, the this it became like a huge scene at the at the school that this teacher was aggressive and and throwing stuff at kids. And uh, it was basically because I was lying that uh, I, 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 and I think it was a combination that I wanted attention, but also some kind of group pressure, but definitely attention and group pressure made me, made me uh, lie. And uh, I deeply regret that still today. Okay. And it's a very simple thing. And I have told it to other people, but I still deeply regret about it. I, my mom convinced me to write a letter to the teacher a month later. And I did that, but uh, even even though I did that, I still think I regret it. Yeah. It's good that you know at least. Yeah. What worries you? What worries you most about the future? Um, global warming and aliens. How do you define success? Uh, failing forward instead of failing backward. I think I I don't know who said this, but I love the idea that that every time you fail, you fail forward, like you're falling forward towards something instead of falling 
behind. I guess as a physicist, this is very important to you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. and as a physicist, you have to test a lot of things and do a lot of mistakes and just continue forever on working on whatever problem you have. When's the last time you went outside of your comfort zone? Um, today, right now. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I actually optimize to be in discomfort. It's, it's a thing I strive towards daily. I guess it's the best way to grow, right? Yeah, yeah it's uh, that's, that's the most, actually, information, theoretically, that's the most information in rare events. So if you can optimize to, to, um, to pursue rare events, that you can achieve more information and more learning more surprise specifically from rare events. So it's good to, to daily seek rare events and seek discomfort. That's at least how I, I interpret it. <laughs> no, it's, it's great, great mentality. What's the worst thing you can't do without? What's the one thing you can't do without? Sorry. <laughs> without what? Sorry. What's the one thing you can't do without? Uh, sleep. Let's expand it to more of a, a material object. Materialism, um, what kind of live without um, my computer? Sure, say that again. Um, my computer, my MacBook. Okay. <laughs> Which one piece of advice would you give to the next generation? Mm, focus on learning. Learning is one of the most fundamental things it's almost like atomically fundamental everything comes from learning you can see it in kids when they grow up they're natural learners from their born somehow we forget the uh, fundamental nature of human beings and then that is that there's no objective truth but there is definitely some truth about that we can learn stuff so learning sounds simple but it's is way more fundamental than uh, than what we go around and think about it as. It's a very difficult thing to do, actually. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, what is the trait? Sorry. Go ahead. Um, what is the trait that you most deplore in others? Can I have that? Like, the trait? Yeah. What is the trait that you most deplore in others? It can implore. Deplore. So dislike heavily or really disagree uh, about mm. something I disagree about. Very interesting. I have absolutely no idea if that specific trait. I try to find, I try to minimize polarity. So I, I always try to understand it from I believe fundamentally that that I can learn anything from anyone, even the worst enemy of yours. But how would you how would you determine an enemy based on what traits? <laughs> I think an enemy would be some someone who's extreme, extremely. Uh, so a trait a trait that I would disagree with is I think compassion is fundamentally important. So um, an enemy, an enemy philosophically could be defined as a person who really hasn't have a, a, a 
more un fundamental understanding of compassion and love. Um, How would you like to die? I would love to die in <laughs> in space or in, together with my family. <laughs> or both. <laughs> yeah, it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> Would you would you prefer to be buried or cremated? Yeah, I have no whatever is the most sensible at, at that time in uh, in space. I, I have no uh, no opinion on that, honestly. I've, yeah. Sweet or savory? Uh, both combined. <laughs> <laughs> what is your greatest extravagance? Oh, I never use that word, extravagance. That is like um, lack of restraint in money or? Yeah, I mean, it could be something that, yeah, you spend a lot of money on or it's something that you do an overabundance. It doesn't have to cost a lot, but it's something that you use to, I guess, it's, it's where you derive a lot of pleasure from. I would say, uh, you know, take away food. What can you do today that you couldn't do one year ago? That I couldn't do or would not like to do. No, I, you could you could not do one year ago. So what did you learn to do that you couldn't do one year ago? Um, routines, the importance of uh, very and the, the, the importance of building your own routine into your own life and time blocking it in a systematic fashion can can provide more time in your life if you could force every teenager on earth to read one book what would it be <laughs> mm. i think i would Mm, deep work by uh, Cal Newport. Probably come back to that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your last meal on Earth, or I guess space in this case? <laughs> <laughs> um, a Chinese noodle dish with citron peppercorns. What's the number one travel destination on your on your bucket list? Um, South America. Any one particular country or the whole uh, continent? I would love to, um, or oh, the whole continent, honestly. I have never been on the continent. <laughs> That's the main reason. <laughs> I would take, I could take, um, I actually would love to go to Venezuela because I have a friend there that originally comes from, from the region, but it's very unstable. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Who is your hero? Dalai Lama, The Rock, and Elon Musk. <laughs> and I take the best from all three of them. I don't agree entirely on... on uh, <laughs> Of everyone of all the things, but I think a combination of those three is great. 
What is your idea of perfect happiness? Perfect happiness is somehow being okay with suffering and accepting that everything comes in pairs in the universe. Happiness and suffering is just say kind of the same on the same coin and maybe even on the same side of the same coin. So acceptance, acceptance, acceptance of suffering and uh, integrating it and learning to learning to accept it and like it, even like suffering, mental suffering and, and mental pain and also physical pain, even physical pain, yeah. What's your favorite film? Oof. I love Iron Man 1. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very primitive when it comes to films. No, it's a good film. It, go, it, goes, well with, uh, it goes well with you right now. I can see it. <laughs> when do you feel most vulnerable? I feel, I feel most vulnerable when I feel incompetent. <laughs> it's one of my, um, my weaknesses. When, when I don't know something about a topic, I, because I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a huge weakness, and that is that I, I, I want to understand everything. So when there's something I completely don't understand, I can get so annoyed at myself. Who or what is the greatest love of your life? My wife and son. What is your pump up or motivational song? I have so, so much. Um, <laughs> I have a one playlist that's called math and coding music. I love that. <laughs> and it's all of it. It's it's not a specific song, but it's like there's songs like Work Your Problem, Winter, other songs like that. Are they like electronic? Are they more, let's say, classical music altogether, pop? I mean, is there a kind of a genre that you can describe that you would use in the playlist? I would probably describe it as electronic without lyrics. <laughs> okay. But it's kind of good to get into the mood of, of, of uh, deep work. Which song do you want played at your funeral? <laughs> I have never thought about that. <laughs> well, that's I've good. You're on the podcast today. <laughs> regarding my funeral. It's going to be a space funeral, so don't worry about it. There, but there's still music at the space funeral. The funeral is that people are happy, and, and like, I think death is a beautiful thing, honestly. It's part of life. So I, I don't want people to be. I just want. I just want people to to be happy and and integrate suffering. It's not because I have that high opinions about my funeral. It's um, the the worst thing. I I don't want people to to suffer for prolonged chronic and get chronic suffering because of my death, for sure. Yeah, but so so which song would make them happy at your funeral? Like, which song would you want played? I would like them to play the Marvel themes uh, introduction uh, song, which is not a song, but uh, just uh, without lyrics. 
Okay. Um, name me one of your sexual fantasies. Oh, um, definitely something related to my wife. Probably, uh, probably um, regular compassionate good sex. <laughs> I don't have a preference. Anything that is compassionate and uh, that 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 is pretty awesome. And uh, what do you usually think about or watch when you're masturbating? Oh. A good booty. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're married, um, but um, I guess this question is still quite relevant. What do you look for in a romantic partner, physically and emotionally? Um, I think mostly, mostly just the unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness and happiness and uh, positivity. So really like... Um, a positive attitude towards life and the excitement that comes with life, with uh, life itself so really really like deeply uh, deeply positive attitude and uh, um, yeah and then physically um, I have no preference there I think mostly what attracted me through life is really this positive attitude great smile great positive just I kind of, I'm kind of the same way. So it's very, I'm, maybe I'm looking in <laughs> some of the same things that I think is important and that is kind of just um, curiosity and an open mindset towards life. So what is the quality that you most look for in a friend? Same thing, because I also think my wife is my best friend. When do you feel you're at your most confident? Oh, when I know something about a topic. <laughs> As you can hear, I, I have a huge weakness about knowledge that uh, I really, I really like to know something about it. And if, if I don't know about it, I feel incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of my darker sides that uh, annoys me the heck out of me. <laughs> Where would you most like to live? Uh, where I'm living right now. In Copenhagen? Yes. If you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would it be? It's a person or a thing? I would, I would somehow love to know what is uh, what happens if you go into a black hole. So, so I would love to be some kind of universal universal structure that can understand the hidden truth of reality. The first time I've ever heard that answer. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> On what occasion do you lie? On what occasion do I lie? 
Yeah. Where if if it causes more harm to a person, then then good. What do you feel is the saddest thing in life? The saddest thing. I think one of the saddest things in life is polarity between people. That we, we just can't put ourselves in other people's shoes. Tell me one of your darkest secrets. Don't worry, no one knows who you are. That's very interesting. What is my dark secret? I I can't decide whether I whether I strive for success because of success' sake or because of compassion towards others. But somehow these two topics are interconnected, and it feels me uncomfortable. Um, I think the whole concept about success is a very uncomfortable topic. Because we all kind of want success, but is it an egoistic thing or is it because of the deeper underlying compassionate nature towards others? But somehow compassion is, is also related to success. So my, my, I think my dark secret is just that I'm not sure I understand my own ego, but I'm, I'm still investigating that because obviously I have a big ego and uh, but so, so does a lot of other people also. But ego is a very interesting concept. I have no idea. But yeah. it's a thing that I struggle with regularly. Okay. I can accept that. I can accept that answer. How would you spend $1 million in 24 hours? In 24 hours? Yeah. So if just imagine that anything you want to buy is attainable. Let's say you wanted to buy a house. I know it takes time to close a house and go through the bureaucratic process. But let's say anything you want to buy would be taken care of. So you have a million dollars in 24 hours. I would probably build a new startup and invest it in a good team. <laughs> probably it, could do... space it could be a space startup or a fusion, fusion startup. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew you already had one year to live, what would you do differently? Hmm. I don't think I would do much differently actually. We'll keep on learning and it's um, a good question. Um, I'll probably be more with my family, my, my son and, uh, and my wife. How do you want to be remembered? As a good person, that's my only... Um, It's interesting, like we all strive for other people's recognition, but in, in the end, I, I just I just want to be recognized as, as a good person. That's... Um, Are you happy? I think I'm happy because I'm... I'm yeah, I'm happy. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> still working. I think I'm as happy as you can be. Like, I, I don't believe anyone is, is truly happy. I think... I think yeah. <laughs> I think having happiness is, as I talked earlier in this interview, is, is part of suffering. So I think understanding your own suffering and integrating that with your happiness is that 
you can never be happy truly. You can understand suffering and happiness and somehow humans, they, they create suffering when, when they're happy. So it's, it's just like how the brain works. You can never truly be uh, fully happy every day. It's just how it is. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Um, and the final question, 39th, what is your motto? My motto is probably curiosity, learning, and then oh, I have a lot of them. Unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, uh, a, lot of, a lot of radical uh, understanding about the ultimate truth of reality and moving towards that. So I don't have a specific motto that I've been writing down, but I, that, that's kind of what I talk about normally. And I think in the end, it's about trying to just play the game of life and then working towards understanding the uh, underlying truth of reality. A very scientific way to go through life, but I guess it makes <laughs> yes. <you> do. <laughs> I, love, I love the scientific way to go through life. <laughs> Why not? Like that, that, that I don't, the good thing about that is I don't have any uh, assumptions about what the truth is. That, and, and it's like politics. Like I'm not saying what is right or what is wrong, but whatever is right or is right in whatever circumstance, I will, I will support that. Uh, everything has assumptions, right? Just in, just as math and, and physics. So your, 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 your opinion should be, you should be allowed to change your opinion if the assumptions change. Yes, of course, of course. Well, I mean, yeah. doing this, doing this with you is great because you're quite a rational person, and uh, <laughs> you know that you're you're not right or wrong, but you're always working towards, I guess, the attainment of truth or some level of truth. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the goal. <laughs> what uh, What did you feel was the weirdest question so far today to you? Oh. Um... Mm. The, the weirdest or the most interesting? Let's do both. So first the weirdest and then the most interesting. The weirdest for me is like, is, is uh, how I want to die and uh, what song I should play with. I, I never think, I don't, I don't, I don't really consider my own death as interesting. I just, um, so interesting with death. Like I, I haven't really understand, understood the concept of dying. Um, well, that I makes sense. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, some people are really focused on the end. Uh, I, I focus on death a lot. Not that I'm scared of it, but I, I think they're interesting questions because a lot of people either think are very nostalgic or they're very forward thinking. Not everyone thinks of the present. And not everyone always thinks about the the final end. So I think it's something that's interesting to think and how people would want to be felt right at the end if they want to go peacefully in a in a blast. And it might also indicate your you know your your outlook on life as well. So yeah, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I also think it's super interesting. I I I just don't know about my own preference for my own funeral. I, it's easy for me to relate to other people's funerals, but your own funeral is. Is it normal to to make a plan for, for a funeral? I guess so. <laughs> some people do like a playlist or they have, I mean, some people have, I know in, in Nigeria, they have like a week, a week long funeral and everyone in the town comes and 
they have long processions and then it's kind of a party. The Irish get really, really drunk. So I think it really depends on the culture as well. Um, I think there's an aspect I can work more on. I should, I should work, I should work more fast. <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about space a lot here, but if you had the, if there is, if there is an afterlife and you're a soul and you have the chance to visit your own funeral, would you do that? Or would you just say like I'm I'm dead already? I want to explore other things in life. I I might do it still just to see how my my family is is, is doing. I think so. Um, just to check up check check up check check up the family would be probably be interesting, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, but I still, if, if in that case, in the afterlife, I would probably the first thing I would do, I would be so curious to figure out to understand what what the fuck <laughs> is, this, is this setup? Who's the who's the master engineer behind behind this? <laughs> or what is the master engineer behind this afterlife? Then I then I would like to understand what is after afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I want to ask you, I want to just kind of probe deeper into some of your responses. What is, what do you love the most about, or what do you admire the most about the Dalai Lama, the Rock and Elon Musk? And why are they your three heroes? I think Dalai Lama is, is really about his compassionate nature towards other people and, and anti-polarity and also openness for all religions. And in general, uh, his book, The Art of Happiness, is fantastic. It's really about um, the concepts that I think is fundamentally truth. Then um, the rock I admire because he's such a hard worker. Yeah, he is, he is. That's, that's basically, that's, that's it. And, and uh, then uh, Elon Musk, I, I, I admire because um, uh, of, of his hard work and then also just that he somehow has integrated suffering. I think he's suffering a lot personally, <laughs> <laughs> making, him, making him do a lot of mistakes, which is understandable. A lot of people do mistakes. Um, but, um, and then he's, uh, he's striving for uh, some bigger goals that is exciting uh, and, and for, for mankind. And I, I really love that also. I, I think we that. need all, yeah, we need, yeah. We, need on a, we need to learn from multiple people instead of just same with just um, instead of accepting one God, we can accept multiple gods or we can accept multiple people, we can accept multiple religions. And then it's about learning, right? It's about instead of just saying one thing is truth, let's just, let's just try to learn from, from everyone and then um, figure out what works for you. But be open yeah. towards, yeah. So that's what I admire from those, yeah. Yeah, because there's so many commonalities between so many people. Uh, I mean, not exactly. to toot my own horn, but this is kind of my my rationale when I started the podcast because, you know, you you look at there's so much there's so much polarity in life, but if you can find a common ground with a physicist from Copenhagen and you're I don't know, a librarian in Argentina, sometimes you're like, well, what would I have in common with a young physicist from Copenhagen? It's like. He's going to be this super brainiac guy, super smart. I'll never have anything in common with him. But, you know, by asking the same questions, by discussing, it's much easier. And when you when you take the walls of, let's say, 
culture, ethnicity, or, or the, a person down, it's much easier to uh, find common ground and that's who you build together. Exactly. No, I think that's beautiful. And it's, it's really about building the common ground between people and, and also figuring out that the patterns are similar, right? Like a lot of people are just the same. There's so many patterns between people and governments and structures and society that it's the same patterns that just being repeated across time and space. Uh, let me ask you, I've, I've never heard of the book Deep Work. I think I've seen it maybe once on, on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. someone mentioned it, but um, what's it about and, and why would it be important for um, future generations? Yeah, so so Deep deep Work, I believe it's from uh, written by Cal Newport, um, if I remember right, some time since I, I read it, but it's, it's really about um, learning <laughs> and it's really about that in order to really learn and you, we need to have focus and we need to have, we need to be able to, you know, sit in to get, not even sit, doesn't need to sit, but you need to somehow be comfortable with yourself and then maybe block three hours at a time in a day or similar and just do work and having sustained attention over a prolonged period of time. And it's really about um, not only creating content, but it's also about learning content, but, and, and, and also the interaction between learning and creation. So deep work is really just a, a concept that, that even, even though it's called deep work, it's really deep learning. Like uh, work is also learning, right? So if, if you just pursue everything, it's learning. And we make sure to um, spend time and, and block time for ourselves to do it. I think a lot of challenges that we see today in society can be solved. Just through, um, just through learning. I think it's 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 so fundamental. Let me ask you. Um, we spoke about vulnerability and confidence. What do you feel you're most knowledgeable on? What or I feel about? most knowledgeable, knowledgeable about, or yeah. I feel most knowledgeable about myself. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think it's a hot topic because like I, I'm, I'm aware about there's so many good people out there. So uh, I feel very knowledgeable about um, learning, learning a difficult topic. Uh, very fast so that's a new topic that I need to, to learn and then uh, being being able to apply the right strategies to to learn a new topic in a very very short amount of time I think I think that's kind of one of the things I feel knowledgeable about um, yeah it's a, it's it's a it's a good question this morning <laughs> <laughs> now are there any things that you dislike talking about or try to avoid talking about no, I love any topic, honestly. Um, yeah. Because I guess if, if you're unknowledgeable, then you'll ask more questions and put yourself in that. Right? It's good to, to place myself in positions where I don't know shit. Just like I'm doing today with this interview. I, I think it's great to, uh, to just 
just expose yourself to some discomfort and then see what happens. You mentioned uh, as a kid you wanted to be a, an astronaut. Um, I mean, as a physicist, you're part of the way there, but is there a reason why you stopped pursuing that dream? Um, I am still pursuing. Ah. I'm out of time. But um, I have many dreams. There's a lot of fun stuff, you know, but also I think everything is fun. I'm very biased that everything is exciting. So one dream I had as a kid has become into thousands of things that I want to do as an adult. So <laughs> what do you I, find? I think, Go ahead. Yeah. I know I Go think ahead. I can find excitement in, in anything, honestly. I, I think I think even the smallest, tiniest thing is exciting, and as well as the, the biggest, most gigantic universe is also exciting. I think you're I think you must be a great father. I have no idea, but I I, I hope so. My plan, I, I have only one plan, and that is to provide unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness and hopefully not destroy destroy him. Like, that's just, um, yeah. Do you want to influence your your son's path? Do you want to just no. provide him with a lot of knowledge and, and, I guess, platforms to for him to make his own decision, or do you want to kind of influence him? I've been thinking a lot about that, and... I think I think I will just talk talk with him about the fundamentals. I've, it will be more like focused on learning to learn than on what to learn. So somehow he needs the freedom to make up his own mind. Just like I, I think everyone in the <laughs> in the human population should be able to have the freedom to make their own mind up based on information. And I, um, you talked about success, failing forward and suffering. What if you were to see your son fail at something, but immediately fall and give up? I mean, how would you react to that? I'll probably tell him that it's normal and his dad has also done it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and if he has emotion, I will, emotions about it, I will tell him, that's good. You have emotions. Emotions are good. It's, it's, it's the best part for learning, you know, emotions, the emotional center is, is deeply tied to memory. So, so that's good potential for, for enhancing memory if you have emotions. So you have a good potential for, for memory. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you break it down. I like the way you break it down. Um, I want to ask you actually something for myself because uh, I'm not always the most organized person. So you talked about how over the past year, you learned about, I guess, time blocking and routine. Um, I guess, what was your strategy, or how do you how do you do it? What's your process? Yeah, my process is that um, I opened up the the app Notion, and then I actually the last year I've been writing my daily routine into down to five minutes intervals, and then just making sure to get up early in the morning and um, and then simply write down whatever I do and then improve it, improve it as an engineer. It's basically the engineering approach. Write, write, write down exactly what you're going to do 
and um, and then improve on the process continuously. That's it. Um, my process is also that I, I try to follow a lot of people and learn from them. So I, I go on LinkedIn and, uh, and add people and make sure to get their comments for bigger influences that I, I believe are awesome. I have a couple that, of interesting influencers that I follow like Ali Abdal and uh, Tim Denning and, mm-hmm. and there's so many good influencers like that has really good advice. There's also a lot of influencers that has very bad advice. So I would recommend yeah. I would recommend influencers, but I'm also biased, but influencers that have a focus on learning um, as a core focus. Those influencers are always pretty good <laughs> because they're very honest about their own limitations also, just like we are. <laughs> yeah, it's a vulnerability that makes them more attractive, right? That's actually a book, I think it's called The Power of Vulnerability. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a new kind of revolution, I think, in society that that vulnerability is. Um, I think it's Brene Brown. I'm not sure here. Um, you know that book? Um, no. It's um, the courage to be vulnerable. No, it's really about um, that we can have a paradigm shift in society by looking at. Uh, at the power of emotions, the power of vulnerability. It's very interesting. Well, I think, I mean, throughout history, you see it either with your friends, with your family, even with great leaders, the people that always gravitate to people are not people who seem, you know, superhuman. It's people who are kind of vulnerable and express their weaknesses, but they're, they do it in such a charismatic way that you want to follow them or you want to be with them. So. Yeah, I think there's so there's a lot of good, awesome people out there to follow for sure. That that are exactly like you described. I think it's uh, also throughout history for sure. What's what's the what's the greatest thing that your wife has taught you? To be a better listener. <laughs> a very, I don't know, a very bad listener. <laughs> because you're always bad. in your head, right? Yeah, I'm. I am way too much in my head, honestly. Um, I'm always thinking about stuff. My, my, my mind can't stop thinking. It's, it's, it's terrible. Even when I go to speak, there's a thought going on um, about something technical or, or philosophical. <laughs> now, the, the thing is, so when I ask you what your idea of perfect happiness is, um, a lot of people differ. Some people will say, you know, what they want to achieve in life. Uh, some people will give a, an exact moment, like, I don't know, being alone on a beach. And you just said being okay with suffering. So if you're always thinking to yourself, do you ever have a moment of tranquility or peace? Or is it just you thinking? Is that your idea of tranquility? I think it's about... So the, the ultimate scenario I would like, like transcendence wise, mm-hmm. I would like to be able to go into a room and just be there and observe and think that's an awesome flower over there in the corner. <laughs> you know, just being there and then being excited about stuff in the here and now. So being somehow being aware about what is happening now 
what happened in the past, what happens in the future. And then kind of moving through, through life is some kind of flow where um, where there's excitement and positive, positive um, attitude towards things and, and people towards people towards things, towards plants, towards you know material. <laughs> this is pretty philosophical, but some some kind of just acceptance. <laughs> when you walk through a room or or like a hallway and there's a lot of stuff on the left and the right just being able to like enjoy not enjoy in, in, in like pleasure but accepting it's there and then sometimes oh that's exciting oh okay um oh that felt bad but just accepting the, the bad the pain but also the pleasure the pain and the and the and the and the yeah. So like, like fully experiencing something without yeah. wanting anything from it. It just can maybe exactly. like a childlike wonder. Exactly. Some kind of child. Like I think we, we've somehow lost our ability from, from, from kids. Like kids are natural learners. Mm-hmm. You just watch them. Like they just observe and they are a neural network in the brain are being trained naturally. And somehow we get adults, we get, we can't like just enjoy the journey. We need to somehow go back and just think about how kids learned. Um, yeah, so you had to, you said it very nicely. There's something about just experiencing it and then feeling fulfilled and getting this full experience of just life and walking in a garden or something like that. I can't describe it, honestly. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty philosophical. I just want to ask you one more thing before we go. Um, how did Copenhagen shape, or Copenhagen or, or Danish culture, how did it shape your worldview? So that's very hard for me because I haven't experienced other worldviews, but I think it's it just, it obviously shaped who I am, right? So whatever I said today, I believe in in cause and effect, right? So, so obviously, whatever <laughs> the Copenhagen environment and the Danish culture has has done uh, that through time has kind of resulted in who I, who I am, right? Um, I think it has shaped me on many aspects, right? I think mm-hmm. it's I don't want to compare against other countries. I think we're just different countries with different cultures, and that is awesome. Um, what are you th- are you thinking anything specifically or no 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 i mean some people uh you know have lived in a certain place i mean copenhagen i've only been to once and my wife raves about it but it's it's a gorgeous place but you know you really have a different mindset there so but if you had a chance to maybe live in three or four other countries your your worldview gets changed considerably and then you try to evaluate you know how people react to things and you don't uh maybe stress out as much because like oh this person is like this because of this and they're like this because of this and you know it's hard to generalize but at least it shapes how you interact maybe at on a first glance and then you you build through there uh but it would be interesting to speak to you um after you go to venezuela or south america and see maybe how their lifestyle might influence you know how you think going forward i think it probably would like and i would probably learn a lot like if i if i went there 
but that's also why I would love to go. But it, yeah, it's um, it's also interesting what's happening in Russia. Like, like I feel very sorry also for Russians. <laughs> yeah, like how how would it be to to live in a in a place where you don't have the freedom to learn and and be who you are? It must be severely difficult. Um, it's very so, sad. Yeah. I would honestly, I know this is very controversial, but I would honestly, yeah, rather, rather die as a Ukrainian than probably be a, be a Russian. Under like a, uh, at least you have freedom to do. Imagine that you are like a Russian soldier that just like forced to, um, yeah, to go and die. Oh my God. It does no purpose in it. And it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. If you try to talk to some Russians, I mean, they'll give you mixed reactions. Many just want to leave. Many are just living their, their normal lives. And they're like, yeah, it's not ideal. But growing up, because I'm, I'm Canadian, so growing up, you know, I think in North America, we have this idea of happiness and you should be happy. And what's going to make you happy? More of a kind of a consumer culture. But um, speaking to a lot of Russians there, they would always say, yeah, we don't believe in happiness. This is just like a made-up invention that you guys have. So, yeah, it's also again how how you approach life. So, interesting. No, it's so true. Yeah, yeah, I say. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's it for me. I got nothing else. I I learned a lot from you, and uh, I'm going to definitely check out Deep Work. And uh, I don't know if I can do the five-minute blocks that you said in routine, but it's something worth trying because I definitely need to get better organized for myself. Um, but thank you again for joining me. I, I hope you actually learned a lot today more about yourself. Hope you questioned yourself, your beliefs, but also uh, reaffirmed who you are and who you may want to be. But uh, the good thing is that I know that life is always about learning and you're a, a lifelong and eternal learner. So I think you're going to be just OK. And um, we can always improve and get better. So thanks a lot for participating and uh, have a great day. Thank you so much yourself. It was super exciting to to learn and get out of the, the comfort zone. <laughs>